never got the wish It's like the song is on a beat I kinda wish for you to see That you don't wanna mess with me Cause I am pink and skeletal And my blood is glittery Tuesday, friends. This is Amphir. You're listening to Grit and Glitter, your source for all things women's wrestling. And this week, your source for uh, all things exploding and barbed wire and bloody, because I am joined once again by Lindsay Reagan, my friend in my, my blood sister. I feel like because yes. every time I have you on, I feel like we are talking about like the bloodiest of the bloody yeah 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 um i think it may have been a little bit of the fourth of july spirit i was like i want to see some explosions but on my terms so i had been watching fmw matches yeah right right yeah if you guys didn't get enough fireworks (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we cooked up a couple things for you (laughs) um yes uh, if you didn't get enough fireworks if you didn't get enough time at the grill if you didn't get enough uh, things exploding and on fire um we have some some people to uh to roast on the um on the fmw grill so as it were Mm -hmm. because who what did you bring me this week you have brought me a tremendous gift we get to talk about a legend, a legendary Joshi working for a legendary death, like hardcore deathmatch wrestling company. What are we talking about this week, Lindsay? We're talking about Megami Kudo and a lot of her exploding deathmatch uh, matches in FMW. This is a world I've really only started diving into like this year. So, and we talked this past year when we did our kind of like deathmatch wrestling overview when we talked about women in deathmatch wrestling um it could be definitely came up we definitely talked about women in fmw we definitely touched on this but fmw is definitely one of those promotions where the vast majority that gets talked about is the major high points and the major like you know spotlight things from the men's roster which you know rightfully so that has a you know a, a legendary status all of its own but when we talk about when when the big critics talk about legendary women's wrestlers I feel like they continually leave out Megumi Kudo and that to me is mystifying considering her particular expertise and body of work mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely and that I'm just like I'm obsessed with that gear she has the white with the little bits of pink and the Megumi across the body like she has oh, I love great it. hair her, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be kind of talking about four matches, four matches today. Um, and her style, her personal style, kind of evolves, but it can be anything from you know jeans and like a ripped up, cropped up, te- like baggy t shirt to something like kind of frilly and princessy. And no matter what she's wearing, you can bet that she will end her match with it covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's wonderful. <clears throat> She is. So a little bit of background on her. I won't go into exhaustive detail, but she began her career in 1986 and she was trained by Jaguar Yokota, right? Because I believe she was, yeah, because she was part of All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling like very, very briefly. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She left. She, I guess one of the matches had like English commentary on it and a little bit of background. And they said that she wasn't given a push or anything. So she got discouraged and left and then came back to FMW where they were like, yeah, we'll use you. She, and they're like, look, she's beautiful and she's bloody. And God bless I mean, Onita. He's <laughs> able to exploit that. I mean, uh, that is just like money in Onita's eyes, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she was, she was released in, from All Japan Women's in 1988. I believe I read that she worked as a kindergarten teacher for two years before getting signed to FMW and come and making her return to wrestling, where she stayed for like a good, like the good run of her career. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, didn't she um, like do it kind of like, we have her retirement match in here too. Like, mm -hmm. So I don't think that was a really long run. I feel like they all retire really young over there, which good for them. I mean, get your work in and then get out. <laughs> I mean, based on what we watched this week, I can't really blame her for maybe doing yeah. you know, six, seven years and then being like, I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about Nick Gage getting set on fire all those times. And I'm like, man, Megan, we got out of there quicker <laughs> than he did. Good for her. <laughs> I do really enjoy the idea that like for two years she was a kindergarten teacher and then she was like no I'd rather run myself into bar into barbed wire and be potentially set on fire than have to continue teaching kindergarten yeah there's just something about like it almost takes on like a spiritual aspect to it like um the first match we're talking about is her and combat Toyota right because that's mm -hmm. Toyota's yeah. retirement match yeah um just like how they're both like, we're going to, this is going to be something we're not going to leave any regrets behind. Like we're going to go all out. Like the way they just like, so like solemnly address it, like before the match and everything it's, mm -hmm. it's like, ah, uh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's just like women there, like destroying yeah. themselves, in, like the most like poetic way. It's crazy. Like it really like kind of reinvigorated my love for like wrestling, watching this. It was cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to say, like, all of these matches I enjoyed, but I feel like this first one we watched was probably my favorite of the bunch, maybe because of that extra emotional component, because um, because of how wonderfully played this retirement match is, how emotional it becomes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and also, I mean, these, like, retirement or no, it is always great to see a death match retirement match because, like... With retirement matches, you obviously don't have like the hugest expectations because the person's on their way out. So like there's kind of an expectation that they're going to lose as a matter of respect. Mm. It's also probably not going to be like one of their finest matches. But this one, it just mm -hmm. feels as vital and as um, and as and as intense as anything you would watch in the heart of a storyline. It definitely yeah. they bring they bring they bring first day energy to this this retirement match, which is so rare. Yeah, yeah. And you just really get like swept up in like the whole introduction of it too, especially for like Combat Toyota, like who is another wrestler that I really want to delve into like her body of work. Because um, I guess she was like really close with Oneida because she comes out to Wild Thing, which like... I'm sorry, like, John Moxley, I love you, but, like, you're a silver medal here in this case. <laughs> like, I was thinking the um, exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, oh, like, his match with Yuji Nagata, and it gets used there, it's wonderful, but, like, mm -hmm. no, Combat Toyota's retirement lunch comes out with him, and then there's, like, I think it's after, um, Toyota gets tossed into the barbed wire or the exploding ropes. Like there's that great reaction shot of him in the crowd, like the tear running down his face and he just like drops his head. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Oh my God. The shots of Oneida in <laughs> yeah. this, like I don't want to give too much attention to him in this match given what we're watching in the ring, but right, it's like, yeah. but, but they are kind of priceless because he's just doing so much selling in his seat. Yeah. And like towards, um, and like, and the end when he's like, like having oh a little, my God, like, slapping. Fit. <laughs> yeah. slapping and throwing uh, water. Uh, I, I tell you what, find yeah, someone so and, I, and I find someone in your life. Like, okay, I know it's performative, yeah. right? But like, find someone in your life yeah. that like is going to be so intense about waking, about reviving your passed out body that they will throw a bucket of water on you. And then mm -hmm. dip their heads so close to you that they are getting into your burn water because he goes like <laughs> face first into this water as he's like trying to like and he's like you know trying to revive yeah. <laughs> Toyota. Yeah. It's just it's so good. The whole it's just played so beautifully. Another thing about this match that I really love and something that I really love about uh, Megumi Kudo's style in this death match, um, in in this particular genre of match, is that it is a slow burn. So I think oftentimes mm -hmm. when people talk about hardcore and deathmatch wrestling, they tend to think of the violence first and they don't really mm -hmm. think about the fact that like, this is a, a 20 some minute match. And for the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first half, 
There is mm-hmm. no explosions. There's no blood. There's nothing. It's all tension building. And if you yeah. appreciate, oh. and like, I love that because like people talk about how like technical wrestling can be boring, mm-hmm. but if you're watching yeah. a death match and you're expecting blood, blood, blood right away, you're going to, you're going to have to wait for it. You're going to have to give yourself over to this match and be patient and let that tension build mm-hmm. in the same way that you'd be patient watching a technical match watching that joint work, watching the that like very like slow erosion of the body happen. In a deathmatch style, mm-hmm. it asks you to do the same. You're just, you're waiting for a bigger payoff in, in that way. Yeah, yeah. I actually have written, uh, this was the one match I took notes for. It's got <laughs> horror movie tension in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I oh, I was so excited to hear you use the word tension too, because I was like, maybe it's just thinking, like maybe I'm a huge dork and really like reading into this, but it's literally like 10 minutes of them just like grappling, like in mm-hmm. the center of the ring too. Like mm-hmm. they just do mm-hmm. that. There's one pin attempt made and it's a one kick out. Like it's not like there's a little bit of Toyota does some of that, like, I don't know what it's called, but it's like where they like get the other person in like a cradle above them. Brian Danielson does it all the time. <laughs> I uh, it's a great stretch. Um, but yeah, yeah, they they just like grapple and yeah, there's like, a great um yeah. Sorry, there's great <laughs> moments where there's great moments where Toyota kind of like Toyota or Mugubi, like either of them have each other near the barbed wire, and there's that like oh, she's going to fall into it, she's going to fall into it. And then they immediately move mm-hmm. back to the center. It is this beautiful dance. And like, there's a point in which uh, Toyota has like Mugubi stretched over the, just just like an, like inches away from it, like inches. Mm-hmm. And and that, that whole thing takes about 30 seconds to watch. And you would think it was five minutes for how excruciating it is. And then finally, yeah. boom, Toyota like, lands a kick on her and Mugubi hits the barbed wire and, and get, we get our first explosion of the match. Yeah. But it takes yeah, like, yeah. it takes like almost half the match to get to that first explosion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like after that, you're, um, there's another point too, where they're just like, I think they're back to just like doing like exchanging like headlocks and stuff. And Kudo has Toyota in a headlock and Toyota reaches out for the wires, like almost like her eyes are covered by Megumi's arm. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the instinctive, like trying to get a rope break thing. And it's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Like I was shouting at my laptop. <laughs> like, oh, it was, it's great. It's, and uh, it builds back to that like horror movie thing where it's like some saw shit. <laughs> I really like the horror movie comparison because you mm-hmm. are waiting and waiting and waiting for something bad to happen. And then it does. Mm-hmm. And then there's still tension. And then there's still like, yeah. there's still grappling. I think that yeah. anyone who wants to completely dimi- uh, dismiss this style of wrestling, it they it behooves them to like watch these matches because there's so much happening that is like brilliant in-ring storytelling and isn't just about the major payoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another point too where I don't know if it's um, it's one of those things where I struggle because it's like if this was an English commentary they would explain this to me like being like feeding a baby <laughs> um, <laughs> but Kudo gets thrown to the wire at one point and it doesn't like spark or shock her and she just kind of like writhes in pain like they really just kind of let her sit there and um I don't know if there was only like one explosion per side built in. <laughs> I think one like regenerating explosions might be a little too technical, but still it was one of those things where like she gets thrown into the wire from like a like a whip or Irish whip, whatever it is. And um, I'm like, oh no, here it comes. And I'm like, oh good. She grabbed the the, the metal ropes. Oh God, ow, ow. <laughs> but there's this really beautiful like other like they have like a shot of her like in profile kind of like lean back against against the ropes kind of writhing a little bit and you get the other three sides of the ring and it's just like all this barbed wire web surrounding her and she's just like stuck within it uh it's it's a beautiful shot and I'm like oh man this truly is the sport of kings <laughs> like it's wonderful so of course um we get to see Kudo go over here because this is a, a this is a retirement match. 
and mm-hmm. we get this like wonderful like ending sequence with Anita in the ring and like trying to revive both women and just like throwing a little hissy mm-hmm. fit about like the like there, it's so interesting because there is a big buckets of water but like also there's these just like rags that are like dripping rags mm-hmm. like like they yeah, look kind of like um... like little like funnel rags <laughs> um <laughs> I don't remember the rags as much, but I do remember seeing like it looked like some of the younger girls or whatever come out in their track suits to like mm-hmm. aid like Kudo and they're like kind of like side-eyeing like Oneidas. He's like freaking out over Toyota. And they're like, okay. And they just like put her on a stretcher and take her away. And it's very unceremonious. And meanwhile, Anita's like, don't worry, I'll carry him. And he's throwing Toyota over his back. Uh, and making its way through the crowd oh my god oh my god it's beautiful it's beautiful I mean and this really is like a passing of the torch type of moment because combat Toyota is you know is retiring in this moment in this match um Megumi Kudo will like continue to work for FMW for another couple of years and like she will be there you know there's a couple of women who get highlighted throughout this stretch but she is like arguably like the the women's face of this company following Toyota's um following her retirement so like this really is like a big like torch passing moment Mm -hmm. so after that you we followed this up with a match a little under a year later and this is a tag match featuring Megumi Kudo and Bison Kimura versus Lioness Asuka and Sharks did she how how do we I never know how Suchia? I always say this last name. I think, I'm sure I, I, think I heard Suchia. Yeah. I'm pretty I think sure I heard it in the English commentary sure. one, and I was like, all right. <laughs> this match is a ton of fun, and we get to see Kudo mm-hmm. in a more like street fight style because, um, like I had said before, like her gear, I, which is all great, and she always looks so good, um, her gear kind of shifts a lot from like that kind of very classic Joshi, like pseudo-athletic look to a more hyper-feminine style. But here she's like pure street fight. They all are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like like a bunkhouse death match or something. It had mm-hmm. some crazy title to it, but um, double hell, <laughs> double hell match or something. This one is the scramble bunkhouse match. And I didn't, uh, so can do you know what the rules were here? Like no. what made this a scramble bunkhouse match? Because it I wasn't like a- sure, but it, I felt like the one that I put up a link, like I thought it like started over in the middle. Yes, yes. It, <laughs> it did, did? Um, okay. It starts, I thought I was yeah. going crazy. <laughs> nope, it does. It it basically plays the match twice. Um okay. and there <laughs> there is also a uh, it starts on this like almost like still picture of, yeah still of like of a stick with barbed wire yes of a barbed wire cover bat it's yeah. kind of incredible <laughs> um and then it kind of just slams right into it like it just goes right into the match in this match there's like i don't think we, we don't get to see any of the entrances it just goes right into um yeah maybe that was Oscar. the scramble part yeah i'm maybe maybe that is maybe it's just like okay you're all in now um because it starts with with shark and asuka just kind of just going at the other women and like really really taking Mm -hmm. over early in this match oh my god it felt like i kept forgetting that it was a tag match and not a Mm -hmm. handicap match at times because it felt like all they did was just beat on megumi and usually I'm on a heel side, but they kept doing that thing where they like power bomb you and to hold you down for the pin. Like when they get to two, they pull you back up, but they kept pulling her by your hair. And I'm oh like, god. that's the ultimate bad move. Don't do it. Oh my god, it's so good. Megumi yeah. Kudo looks incredible in this match for, for that reason, because she is just. Mm-hmm. Like they put her through everything in this match. This is not okay. So this is not an exploding uh, like a barbed uh, barbed wire exploding ring. This is just a normal ring. But other than that, mm-hmm. you've got every manner of any kind of other implements of terror. Um, uh, you know all your obvious stuff, but also things that like I couldn't even quite identify. Like like tiny scythes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look- like, like- 
on your cut your field with like yeah I think I saw like Masha Slamovich use one on Atticus Kogar and like <laughs> the ring once and it was gnarly like oh I almost yeah, like, I- think that's worse than using the light tubes to like carve up your forehead oh my god yeah it, it it looks nasty. It really does. And it, the effect is almost immediate yeah. because there's al- like immediately once the Gumi is hit with it, it, there is like, there's blood like streaming down her face. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh my God, it's got like a chain on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's like a hatchet, yeah, but yeah. a scythe, but it's like small. I don't know. Yeah, it's like if you it's, wanted it's to like really... sit on your porch and cut your field, you'd whip up your <laughs> chain. send it flying (laughs) I don't know yeah um, definitely some sort of weapon (laughs) uh bison is at some point she's chained up to the corner and they're just like getting kicked a whole bunch like Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a brutal brutal like tag match it really is and some of the most brutal spots have like no no weaponry involved just like just yeah stomping stomping the girl while she's down yeah (laughs) brutalizing oh it makes me like that was my first time I think seeing a lion is Oscar match and I'm like whoa <laughs> oh it's that's crazy it's, it's pretty damn hardcore I mean there are spots in this match in this tag match that I've never seen in a tag match like I, I guess I tend to I, I and I this is just me as a deathmatch newbie really but like I tend to think of deathmatches a lot more as one-on-one and not necessarily in the tag style. And so seeing it in the tag style, and especially amongst these women in this particular match, it really calls into really like what you can do when you really just like let loose all of this violence in like a, in a within a tag, within a tag style match. I mean, not like a multi-man, yeah. not like a blood and guts or a war games or whatever, but like literally just like, just like two duos. And I don't know, I, I guess I forget just how, um, how much can happen when this is ha- when when you've got four people like this? Oh my gosh! There's so many good spots mm-hmm. in this match, though. There's so again with the dismissal of deathmatch wrestling and with like people kind of undercutting the abilities that these wrestlers have as wrestlers and not just with like you know brute violence um, and with you know taking that brute violence you know withstanding it. Um, you forget mm-hmm. like just how amazing these women are as wrestlers. There's um, Kudo gets shark in like some form of um like almost like a death valley driver or um Mm -hmm. but it's just it's an incredible incredible move she gets her up so high to flipper and it's so good the impact is so so felt and there's no weaponry involved but it looks absolutely brutal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and it's such a good juxtaposition too like you don't need like a bunch of thumbtacks or blood for each move it can just be like a hard-hitting wrestling move yeah and especially when the person's like already busted open it's like okay we can take a moment and we don't have to like further run them through like whatever other weaponry we have we can really just take advantage of the fact that they're already in a vulnerable condition and that's not really yeah. good with enough in a lot of hardcore wrestling that i've watched i feel like mm-hmm. when we watch a lot of deathmatch wrestling now it's kind of like the stakes are always like the like they're always up in the ante with every move. Like if I've cut you with light tube, with light tube in this last, in this you know you know last move, I'm gonna cut you with two light tubes in this next one. Whereas this yeah. match really does a nice job of like saying like okay, we did that spot. We're gonna we're gonna just re- we're gonna wrestle now. We're gonna take advantage of our weak opponent and like really slam her down, and then we'll bring out the chairs and do some more. Yeah. Yeah. There's pace setting here that is I, honestly it's it's underrated. Like it's really yeah. really underrated. Yeah, I uh, I just enjoyed all of it so much, and it just it really makes me want to like I'm gonna be watching a lot more. I'll probably go back to those forty minute ones. <laughs> <laughs> so we see uh, Asuka and Sajia take the win on this match. Um, it's not entirely clear because I'm not up on the storyline or there wasn't English commentary on this one. So I'm not mm. entirely sure what the like fallout match was from fallout what from this match was, but it looks like uh, Mugibi was called out by somebody. Yeah, yeah. I thought like the girl in the red shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. like this I might have assume- been like 
sorry, like a like a younger person or something. I'm not sure. An intern. Yeah, it's possible. This was like a setup, <laughs> or like a this was a setup match for a like for a for a match between you know a younger a younger competitor and the established star. Yeah. Um, especially since yeah. she was you know she lost in this match and her 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 t- team lost. So like this is a time to Please like humiliate challenge. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do we have third on our list then? That was it. The um, hang on, I wrote down Megami Kudo versus Mayumi Ozaki. Yes, and this is the no ropes barbed wire yeah. barricade mat double hell death match. Yeah. <laughs> um, that um, <laughs> like they have such similar hairstyles. I almost thought that the girl in the red shirt from the previous one was maybe uh, Ozaki. But I think that's like part of the Joshi thing where like when you're like younger, you all kind of have like the same standard look or something. But I was like, they all, they look quite similar, like their hairstyles and their outfits. It could be, it would make sense since this is only, this is less than a month later than that match. So this could very well be the blow off of that feud. And it does feel like as if there is some like, they're, there is some story here that I didn't entirely get because um, I wasn't, you know, versed in what was happening. But this mm-hmm. match goes yeah. hard right from the get-go. Um, unlike the Toyota Kudo match we watched to begin with, this one is basically like right off the bat, like down on the mats towards the barbed wire, um, both these women. Um, so the setup for this ring is there are no ropes. Um, there's barbed wire on either end, kind of like your like your bedposts, and then otherwise mm-hmm. on either side of the ring, it's open, and beneath the ring is a like large mat covered spools in spools of barbed wire. Spools of barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what the double hell part of it is, but it, I mean, it's if it if you were talking brutality is the the double hell here, then you got it right. Um, but within the first like yeah. minutes of this match, there's already people being driven into the barbed wire on either side of the ring. It's it's pretty it's it's pretty hardcore right off the bat. Mm-hmm. In this one, Which, it felt like Mayumi was way more in control, and she almost felt a little more at ease at that environment. So it like I kind of made up my own story in my head. I was like, oh, maybe Ozaki's like the young newcomer that's getting like forced into this world or having to like be like coping with a you know the brutality of it (laughs) that's a good story that's I mean that's a that's a good way to look at the story that that seems compelling there something to prove really that it feels like there's something that -hmm. she's trying to prove here um they do a nice job of really Mm -hmm. selling her as like a like you know a volatile and dynamic upstart versus like kudos more Mm -hmm. like you know, established star. You can tell that even without mm-hmm. like needed commentary or anything. This is this is where the storytelling is so brilliant. And like you're watching two women who are dressed virtually identically. You are watching two women who like yeah, you know, yeah. They they look around the same age, but just by the way that they carry themselves, just by the way like they wrestle, you can you are told the story without even knowing it that one of these women is the veteran and one of these women is like is the upstart. Yeah, yeah. And plus, um, I just kept like thinking back to the Toyota match, the retirement one, when um, Megumi was saying that she wants to carry FMW into a new great era. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is kind of like where she is now, like a year from then or whatever. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, there. Yeah, there's... um. I'm kind of I have this on in the background just as like a reminder of like some of the stuff that happens and like nothing like landing on your back in just a big spool of barbed wire and then having to like pry yourself mm-hmm. out of it to get back in the ring. Yeah, yeah. It always it always gets me. And like I remember there's a couple really good shots of like shirts getting torn and stuff, like just like mm-hmm. little things you wouldn't like think of too. Oh man. Shirts being torn and seemingly and, I think I think there's at least one point in which like a shirt is torn and like 
the strips of shirt are used as a weapon. There is definitely like a collar. There's definitely like a collar and chain situation happening. Yeah, yeah. Points where oh, it becomes almost a dog collar. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, where did that chain even come from? <laughs> I just saw at one point there was like a chain around a girl's neck. Um, but there was um a part that I just remembered, like I think it's like right in the beginning too, where Kudo like grabs Ozaki's like head and then she's like running it down the barbed wire, like on her forehead and stuff, and you see her hair like getting snagged in it too. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> This is the wrong world to be in. <laughs> oh my gosh. The the chain, the chain spots in this where the chain is wrapped around Megumi and like and Mayumi is just like like whipping her with it, dragging her by it, beating her with it, and then Megumi gets the, the like jump on her and just drop kicks her right into that barbed wire and she falls so freaking hard into it so hard yeah like there's no there's no like soft landing in this they're coming off the ring down into the barbed wire so there's like and then again it's that thing where she has to pull herself out of it and get back into the ring and i feel like we see these spots with like the pools of barbed wire still we see them with like the big spools and everything but typically Mm. you're seeing it in the ring you're seeing it in the spot that it doesn't feel like the landing is this tough oh my gosh and then and then megumi like so Mayumi drags herself out of this she's in the ring and Megumi puts her right into a headlock spin Mm -hmm. and this is after however long of being like punished dragged around thrown around this is just yeah it's it's pretty (laughs) darn brutal like we could say that about any of these matches but this one like oh boy um if you haven't watched a like the no ropes, uh, the double hell style match from FMW, which I definitely have seen them do the setup with other matches. But like, if you haven't seen this before, um, this is like, th- this is going to like, uh, if you have a delicate sensibility, you may, you may not be able to watch quite all of this. Although mm-hmm. it does like remain like surprise, not, not bloodless, there's blood, but like, compared to the masks you see now, compared to see like how much blood you end up seeing in the ring, even on like, you know, mainstream wrestling, like AEW, it feels like this is remarkably less bloody. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's more of just like the sensation of it. Like the mm-hmm. barbed wire and the explosion. I don't know. Like it, like it's one of those like little things too. Like you almost become numb to it like as you watch it because it's not like as showy with the blood it's a yeah. little more realistic it's much more you realistic just, like, forget about all those little like all those little pricks and stuff like you forget about it <laughs> yeah until, i think like, it also you know, they're pressed up against it again <laughs> yeah until they're back in into the barbed yeah. wire <laughs> mm-hmm <laughs> what stands out for you with megumi as far as a wrestler goes like why do you think like I, I have my own theories about this, but what makes her so compelling as an in-ring competitor? Um, I think it's because she has that sort of like delicate feminine, like classically, like almost like gymnast type appearance. Like that's kind of what I was thinking with like her um pink and white gear, with that mm-hmm. like almost like Barbie script sort of English, like Megumi. It's very like cute and like I would expect her to be an ice dancer but she's got this like, like viciousness in the ring, but also there's like this beauty in how she executes her like technical moves too. It's Mm -hmm. uh, like, I love it. It's like just seeing like the blood stains on her outfits and everything. It's just like this wonderful representation of femininity that I love seeing and wrestling with my wrestlers. (laughs) It's great. There's an incredible resilience in her wrestling. Um, Mm -hmm. And you could say that about, you could say that about so many of these, you know, Joshi who just, you know, you see them go through so much in these matches and they, they still can stand at the end of it. But like, there's something about how, uh, I don't know, she, I think the like feminine and the grace and the, like the ability to own those properties while in the midst of something so, so brutal, so violent, Mm -hmm. so unabashedly so. 
is really remarkable to see. It's playing those dynamics in a really compelling way. And yeah. you, just, you just don't see that type of performance very often. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Like, I haven't been keeping up too much, but there is like uh, a lot, like a, a, a lot of uh, Rina Yamashita's matches too, I really enjoy. Like, I was trying to think of like a modern sort of contemporary, but like, I am like laughably behind with that. But I always get that sort of same thing with her matches. Charlie Evans too. And I know she's really inspired by this, this era of like Joshi wrestling. But like that, um, that sort of like beauty in the technical aspect and also like the perseverance and like the fearlessness, like, I think they've got that too. Yeah, I, I can absolutely see so much of this informed in the in the hardcore and deathmatch women that we have covered that we have talked about and those we haven't yet really covered. Um, there isn't anyone I've seen who's really doing who really embodies the exact same characteristics. But that's not mm-hmm. to say that it's not informed or like she hasn't been immensely influential. I just think that it's a just a proof of how singular her abilities are, mm-hmm. her performative style. Um, I really haven't mm-hmm. seen someone kind of own those like dualities in the same way. But also mm-hmm. modern deathmatch wrestling is 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 not it's not even like what we're watching with FMW in this era. It's mm-hmm. in some ways more brutal and less restrained but you know not not to to diminish it in any way or say that it's less accomplished it's just doing a different thing and you watch these matches and even though they're really they're really violent and there's a lot going on there's a lot of like brutal violent actions happening and there's some hell there's rings that are like fucking exploding um (laughs) they don't seem nearly as over the top violent as we can see something in in like say like you know a, a match of a similar style like gcw yeah. It's a, and I wouldn't even begin to say that it was like a kinder, gentler era of deathmatch wrestling, but it's just doing, it's just <laughs> doing it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, it seems like it did less with more or mm-hmm. more with less. <laughs> Sorry. Um, more with less and more with more. So like, or just throwing a lot, throwing a lot of things around the ring, throwing a lot of stuff. Um, in there that may or may not really be necessary so like you could you could have a bunch of different things like l- like take our last match for example like some of that stuff is necessary mm-hmm. and some of that stuff isn't entirely necessary in the match however all of it being there is served by the fact that there is an urgency and um, an intensity in this match as informed by the storytelling um, that it pays off regardless of how it is used and in a lot of death matches I'm watching now, everything you see has a payoff. Everything you see, it's there for a purpose, mm-hmm. which is good. You know, you don't necessarily want to leave a whole lot hanging on the table, especially if you've got it to use in your toolkit. But there is a little bit of less tension because of that, because you know, like if you see a pane of glass, that pane of glass is going, someone's going through that. If you see a scaffolding of some type, someone mm-hmm. is going to get thrown off of it. There's not the de- sense mm-hmm. of denial that you sometimes get with these FMW matches, which ends up being really like dissatisfying in a fun way, right? It's like, I don't know if I'm yeah. going to get to see someone like ground on that. And that's a good thing because I I don't know what to expect. It's it's good. It Sometimes being denied the obvious payoff is a, is a satisfaction all of its own. Yeah, I know. I, I have side. an example, but... Yeah, no, okay. no, no. I, there's an actually... A moment like that it's two men boy wrestlers um when nick gage and john moxley were wrestling for the gcw title there was a piece of glass they had in there in the ring and for some reason it had like an etching of a swan on it, which was a nice little touch and it got set up like there were so many shots of like john moxley like looking at it like doing that little like like jungle cat like sway <laughs> um and I think they tried to like use it, but it wouldn't break. Like it broke the next day in a different match. Like they reused it the next day. And it was like, oh, when's the swan glass going to get broken? When's the swan glass going to get broken? And it never happened. And it makes it that much more infamous. (laughs) I love the swan glass. You probably came from someone's like grandma's home. 
yeah yeah I'm always picturing like just people that like call up Brett Lauderdale at the last minute like oh old cousin Skeeter's got a fucking dumpster full of like Home Depot windows that they're not <laughs> using let's go get them <laughs> Grandma Johnson uh, there's, there's died a beauty in her in state yeah I mean it 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 really does go back to the like whole ethos of like backyard wrestling and like you know gar- like where you're just you're using what you have handy to you you're using what you're given and in a lot of deathmatch wrestling of, of today and of yesterday like there is the spirit of theater that like there there's so much setup right there's so much like mm-hmm. there's so much theatrical like like set dressing you have to do you have to fucking like take your ropes down and put up barbed wire and set the like explosive charges to go off and you have to like have the mats mm-hmm. out with the spools of wire and you have to have the props laid there's something to, in to deathmatch wrestling that really appeals to my like dorky theater kid where it's just like this has to be fucking stage managed there's like somebody here yeah, has to be in charge of being absolutely. like of, of things being in the right place and yes that's true of all of wrestling because there's a you know there's there's things to set about but like with deathmatch wrestling in particular especially the style that fmw works so often it's so much bigger and there's so many more elements to it the the impressive quality goes beyond just the performances and the resilience of the performers but into the whole setup itself like everybody had to do their job to make this work Mm -hmm. absolutely So uh, what is I've our seen, like, what's our little kitty pools filled with salt? Oh god, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, FMW <laughs> really like knew how to take these, these concepts and turn them into just like the biggest, most bombastic like level, right? Like we had like mm-hmm. entire shows in like a swimming pool or like a like a gigantic pool of water, and people had to take boats out to the ring and um, all of that stuff. <laughs> is just ridiculous right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um <laughs> all right I think our last one I just brought it up on my YouTube too I have like my TV with it on. <laughs> I was like oh, I want to be able to bring up spots too um yeah I think it's the Mega Mikuno's uh retirement match yes yeah, and there's a beautiful right. like intro package to this. Um, all of these mm-hmm. matches that we have um, that we were talking about are available on YouTube. I will post them on our Twitter mm-hmm. links and on our, our Instagram links so that people can look them up. But um, this particular match does have an intro package that you know kind of sets up the whole retirement. So like, you, there's no confusion here. She is going in as we as we discussed with the the same thing with the Combat Toyota retirement match. Only in this one, there is uh, violence from the get-go. Um, just like the last mm-hmm. match we talked about, this also has uh, mats on either side of the ring, on the open ring, where they're, this just, it's like a Megumi Kudo special, apparently, where um, the open yeah. sides are uh, bordered by mats lined with spools of barbed wire. And almost immediately, Shark has her down on the like end, like almost into the barbed wire and there's a lot of really like great like tension of who's going in first um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah it it gets going pretty quickly we've got megumi in her like more feminine gear here she's in the yeah. like kind of white ruffly top and it's like very like mm-hmm. it's great i i think this is wonderfully played because if you're gonna retire megumi kudo and you're gonna do a, a you know barbed wire mat match again um put her in white so that blood can really really show off yeah and like the most frilly little top like uh that's perfect for getting snagged on the barbed wire oh my gosh the we talked about this we talked about her in particular when we talked about women in deathmatch wrestling um before because that top is so smart because it's roughly Mm -hmm. you can't entirely tell like what is ripped by the end and what is just in the design but it tatters yeah. so beautifully that she ends up looking like this, like just destroyed doll by the end of the match. Yeah. And it's so neat because, like, it's the like it's part of that design. Like, you can tell that that's the intention yeah. with this with this top. It's supposed to go from kind of uh, constructedly ruffled and wavy to to deconstructed 
via, yeah, via barbed wire and various things. Uh, yeah, it looks it's great. beautiful. Like, I have so many like questions about like if her designer or her gear maker was someone that was also there or if she had any hand in it because like it does have that like incredible like attention to detail like this is what's going to happen to this so like it's it's cool and it's cool too to see her like back in the like frilly little like princess kind of like gymnast mm-hmm. attire too like it's kind of like don't forget who I am like I'm still like I'm hardcore but I'm also like a little fairy princess I think that it really makes sense for her as a retirement um as a retirement gear because it harkens back to all the times in which you know she had been like more feminized in her in her portrayal and her um you know in her gear and it makes it ends it lends a sense of like regalness right like she mm-hmm, looks, absolutely she looks more certainly more like traditionally femme and and uh regal compared to shark who is in like her you know much more typical like bodysuit style gear much more athletic style and of course, like her short yeah. black haircut. And so like, there's a dynamic contrast between these two women. Mm-hmm. I really, it really makes me appreciate Shark too. Like I have to get into more of her stuff. Like I love that sort of like dichotomy to an appearance. Like she's so vicious and everything, mm-hmm. but oh, I love it. Like the buzz cut, like it's like mm-hmm. a great, like uh, the green and the black two-tone. Yeah. And she's just so mean. Like this one's got the English commentary on it, so they are able to give you like a little like like um, story to it, like background. And it makes me think back to the lioness Oscar and Shark Tag match, where they were just like so relentless and so like brutalizing like Megumi and um like they say that she's their their longtime standing rivals so I'm like oh man like how many more of those bunkhouse level matches are there where they're just like going at it with each other it's great like I love (laughs) it it was a perfect retirement match I think like their dynamic is incredible oh yeah absolutely I I absolutely agree I feel like it's a very very fitting match for her and in some ways it's it's just it continues her the tradition of her matches right in the same way that mm-hmm. the combat toyota retirement match felt like it could have been either woman's like you know first month match or or second year match this one doesn't feel doesn't ha- lack the energy or this doesn't feel like a retirement match for somebody who's over the hill this feels like someone finishing strong yeah absolutely because um i might be remembering it wrong but megumi wins doesn't she she does win yes she wins yeah oh yeah yeah I'm gonna fast forward to it (laughs) like 25 ish (laughs) minutes that's another thing too that I I think it was one of those things where like these they're they go on and I'm just like man I love how much time they get to like breathe and it's not like restricted to like an eight minute match like if you're lucky and stuff like uh like I again like I'm kind of like behind with like the contemporary wrestling and it wasn't a death match but I think it was uh Mercedes Monet's first match back like Mm -hmm. I was just like they gave them so much time to like build and breathe and like have this like really good like match and I was like I love it there's no just like oh like here's picture in picture like oh you know this is the bathroom match it's only going to be 10 minutes like the that's that doesn't apply to these like oh man yep Megumi wins an electrical shock and pin (laughs) she does and yeah sending sequence is actually wonderful is wonderfully played because so mm-hmm. shark ha- has has this one essentially she's got megumi so close to this like final charge and then she goes mm-hmm. after her and megumi just manages to like grasp onto her and pull her down into the the wire with her so both women are, yeah. are absorbing this shock they fall and megumi just just lands on shark so like yeah it felt like a callback to the toyota one because there was a point where they both kind of like fell into the wires together um but in this one like shark was just like so unrelenting like there's a part where i 
maybe I hallucinated it. She like shot a fireball at Megumi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. There's a replay of it right there. Boom. Like it was like some like cartoon villain shit. Like, and anyone else, like I would have been like, oh yeah, like this is, they're just going to give her a squash match for her retirement. But no, like it was just like that wonderful sort of heel getting their comeuppance thing. Like, oh, you want to be hardcore? Okay. <laughs> like, she's going to, your opponent's going to pass out on top of you, but you get yes. pinned in the process. The fireball spot is just absolutely insane. Like, okay. Yeah, I have you to are that. <laughs> You were retiring this woman and you are going to, <laughs> you were retiring this woman and you are going to send her off by by putting a face full of fire at her there's a power bomb off the yeah. open ring into the into the barricade to the you know barricade mat it, it's just it's oh boy uh should we all yeah. have to retire yeah. in this fashion i know <laughs> like what a way to go out like it's one of those like I, i've seen pictures too like other times that shark has tried to set megumi on fire and i'm like oh man like i really need it I can't wait to go back and look at these other matches because I'm sure it's a call back to something they did before. And I'm like, that's sick. <laughs> um, so Mugumi did retire after this match. Um, she, yeah, she uh, vacated her titles and she retired in 1990, like in summer of 1997. And then uh, just, you know, basically worked as a, like a television host and color commentator for pro wrestling events in Japan. Um, she was, you know, doing weekly radio, and then in 2020, she became general manager of Pro Wrestling Zero One. So, like, she's still kicking, still, still involved with. Oh with my pro gosh, wrestling. that's so cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I really think, cool that uh, like she's still active in that way. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you want for all your favorites. <laughs> like, oh uh, heck yeah! What? just like come in and like just make such an incredible like indelible mark on the industry and like I always think about like them setting the bar like too high but it almost seems like she's in her own sort of like caliber of like excellence like it'll never be like oh the next Megumi Kudo no like she was just the one like people can be like oh I really get a lot of influence from her but they're never going to be the next Megumi Kudo like she was uh, she was incredible all these yeah, ladies I, are like it just it got me so excited <laughs> <laughs> it got me really excited it got me really thinking much more about the legacy of of deathmatch wrestlers especially deathmatch like Joshi who really just they their names are just not set enough when we talk about like the top tier obviously we talk mm -hmm. about like the, the the matches that have gone really brutal for like your for your top legendary joshi but kudos mm -hmm. out there in her like run with fmw delivering that those brutal matches on a on a regular basis and and surviving and thriving and and telling stories and looking incredible in every in every meaning of the word and yeah she just still doesn't make those lists when people talk about like your all-time like joshi grades so i think it was really mm -hmm. wonderful to get to to go back and really like look at like a you know a segment of her body of work especially like specifically her fmw work because you know i think we just don't give enough respect to women in deathmatch still but especially not those who like really paved the way for what women are doing now Mm hmm absolutely um one of the people that i found on youtube well i think he's like pretty famous in the wrestling community but his like username is like brett fmw and he's like where i pulled a lot of these matches from and he has the combat toyota and megumi kudo match like he has his own like playlist of like 100 best fmws and that's his number one which i think is pretty cool <laughs> Like, I really don't try to put too much stock into, like, what these, like, online wrestling men say, but Brett FMW seems like he's kind of minding his own and just, like, really enjoys talking about FMW and sharing these videos, which I appreciate, and I think media archivists everywhere should appreciate. Um, and for him to be like, yeah, this, this match right here, cream of the crop, number one. That's actually what made me watch it first. I was like, all right, like, if this dude thinks it's cool probably is 
<laughs> well, so we'll have to do a we'll have to do some follow up episodes on this at some point, so we can talk about maybe do some a spotlight on Shark, maybe do a a you yeah. know a combat Toyota episode, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, Lindsay, yeah. um, if if people want to find out more about you and your thoughts on wrestling and other things in general, where can they find you? How can they get in contact with you? I am on the hot new app threads. <laughs> yeah. I'm a threader, baby. I'm a threadhead. Um, I have that and I have an Instagram. Um, both names are at Lindsay Ray Gunn, R-A-E-G-U-N. I'm punny. And that's where I put my stuff. I recently got a notice from Instagram saying that I was restricted. <laughs> People that aren't following me can't find me and they aren't allowed to look at me. <laughs> I don't they know what I did. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you're not listed in any searches. We're not going to put you in recommended and we're not going to put you in our reels. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I did. I was like, I was uploading like old stuff to the threads app because I just I want to be on social media or whatever and I gotta have a little place to put all my stuff um because I just want to share and I was like oh these older things I did uh are kind of cool I'll put them up on my Instagram again and they were like no like they weren't cropping right because the cropper on that is bad but you know i'm rambling <laughs> that's what i do find <laughs> me there um get me out of instagram jail send a letter to mark zuckerberg <laughs> if you want to find me on twitter um i'm still on twitter i am on threads you can find me on threads i am also a thread oh, head yeah. now so i can't make heads <laughs> or tails of the organizational system on this and it's maddening for me i know as an information professional to deal with this mm -hmm. so i'm still on the garbage fire the garbage barge fire that is twitter i heard elon's getting here. mad <laughs> oh he's mad he's a mad man um he's, he's so mad. mad he's gonna he's gonna get us all in the barbed wire um yeah you can find me on twitter at porch pgh you can find our um regular co-host harley R. Vasquez on Twitter at your Echo Heart. And of course, you can find Grit and Glitter on Twitter and you should follow us while it, the site still exists. Great Glitter Podcast. You can find us at, you can send us a line at Gmail, Great and Glitter Podcast. And of course, if you are feeling a little uh, extra spendy this month, you can donate and join our Patreon at patreon.com, Great Glitter Pod. And there you will find bonus podcasts like our regular women's wrestling entertainment. The history of women in the WWE. We are working on our next episode. Harley does exhaustive research for this. It's a great listen. I highly, highly recommend um, just joining the Patreon and getting those episodes while you can. We also um, have been releasing old Great and Glitter episodes from our PW Torch days, free of commercials, edit, re-edited and ready for your ears. So please, um, if you subscribe to our Patreon at the $1, $5 level, the five dollar, ten dollar level. I can't remember what our levels are anymore. But if you subscribe at any level at this point, you get our weekly newsletter plus access to this podcast, and you get to put money. You give your money to us, and we put it back into the wrestling ecosystem. Yes, after we use your money to offset our podcasting fees, we give anything and everything that's left right back into the wrestling community, sponsoring promotions like Enjoy and Wrestlers Lab with their upcoming seventh anniversary show. We like to send money. We just sponsored Anton Voorhees and his team who just saved the universe in Hood Slam. So you are welcome, universe, because we help make that happen. Um, we are sponsoring all over. We want to help wrestlers and wrestling promotions that we love and we know you love. So give us your money so we can give it to them. Next week on the pod, we'll be covering Impact Slammiversary featuring Deanna Parazzo versus Trinity for the Knockouts Championship and the Coven versus Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly for the tag titles. And oh yeah, if you do find Lindsay on threads next weekend, I think it happens to be somebody's birthday, correct? That's right. Saturday is my birthday. I'm 35 and I'm still watching wrestling. Can you believe it? <laughs> I'm 38 and I'm watching wrestling. So we're all good. Uh, we're all, we're we're all doing it. We're I feel like it's a it's a it's like wine connoisseurs at this age. 
It's fantastic. I was, I had just been asked about like getting into wrestling recently. And like, honestly, the best thing about getting into wrestling when I did, which was 2018. So it was definitely in my thirties then. Um, I got into mm-hmm. wrestling in 2018 in a time when it was really good to get into wrestling. And now it continues to be a great place to, to be into wrestling. Not, to be, not just because you can access so much of wrestling and there's so much more out there to watch, but it is a, a much more like women-friendly, femme-friendly, queer-friendly space to be in than it would have been like years and years prior. So if that means that I have to embrace pro wrestling as a late 30-something instead of being a kid or a teenager or an early 20-something, so be it. Because this is the time, this is the time that that wrestling would be the most appealing and accessible for someone like me. No, yeah, that's so funny because that's about when I started watching it too. Like 2018 was around the time where I'm like, yo, like I think I saw like an Oscar picture. They were coming to like my town for a house show and I saw her in there and I was like, yo, they're letting women wrestle now. <laughs> like this girl looks rad as hell. <laughs> like, let's go. Getting into wrestling solely because of a picture of Asuka is so much on brand for me as well. I can't believe we've never talked about this before. I know. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah, like, she like single-handedly got me watching wrestling. <laughs> So if you have um, happy birthday messages to share with Lindsay, find her on threads and uh, send her some more pictures of Asuka, maybe with uh, with mm-hmm. custom birthday messages juxtaposed on top. Um, that's now my plan for sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thread me. <laughs> and of course, find us next week as we talk about Slammiversary. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll visit with you next time.